0: or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. Good morning, everyone. How are you all doing? Awesome is good. Hey, uh, just one more announcement uh, for you guys out there that are in the appropriate scenarios. Um, in two days, Valentine's. Okay? So... J- we're here to serve. I want you to know that. So there you go. Before I uh, get going this morning, um, I want to send out a big thank you to Jason Howdle, who was here last week and launched us off into our Who? Me? series and did an excellent job. And, and Jason actually embodies that message as he has been following the Lord, as the Lord has been calling him to step out into new territory, doing some speaking and things like that. And so, like, he was just skin on the vision last week, and I'm so encouraged by that, uh, just coming alongside and helping, trying to help him with that and, and just seeing him grow and, and launch out. So he was, he was embodying that whole idea of energizing faith. His faith is energizing him, and he's moving out into that. So that's excellent. So thank you very much, Jason, for, for doing that. If you didn't get a chance to catch his message, go back and check it out. Because not only is it cool just to see Jason doing it, but he set us up for where we're going in this series, this whole Who? Me? series. And so as we look at this whole idea of being called on mission with God, we're forced into a question right off the hop. We're faced with a question that we have to answer, and that's whether or not we're going to respond to the Lord with energizing faith, by virtue of our faith, it will be energized and step into our mission with him, or whether we're going to be paralyzed by fear. And so the fact is that God is calling us to participate with him today. That's just a fact. And last series, as we looked at doctrine, we saw the heart of that, as we saw that Christ came and desires relationship with us, but not just relationship with us, but rather that as we place our faith in God, as we engage in relationship with Him, then He calls us into this mission to help reconcile the world to Himself. And so we've been deputized to that. Now, that breaks down in different ways for you and I today. There's the general will of God, which says that we're called into mission with Him, that He wants us to be in the ministry of reconciliation, that we're to be going out into the world with that message. But in different respects, in different specifics, then you and I are called to accomplish that in different ways. And so, we just have to understand, though, that he is calling us to something. The fact is, he's calling us to something. And that he intends to use us, each one of us, every one of us. He intends to use in that mission. And that he will use us, and that we can then have an impact on the world around us. And so with that in mind, we're looking at Joshua in this series. We're going to use Joshua as our focus as we look now at how do we engage in that mission with God. And Joshua gives us some great insights as we see God speaking into Joshua's life and leading him into the general mission and then also the specific mission. And then as we also look at Joshua and how he responds to God's call on him. So Before we dive in any further, though, let's stop again and let's pray and ask God to speak to us that He would grow us in our ability to engage with Him and respond to Him in the mission that He's calling you and I to today. So let's pray. Father, today, this morning, as we come before You, Lord, right now, I pray that You would help us, that You would come alongside us, that You would empower us to understand You better and to know You more and then to be able to step out with energizing faith into the mission that you've called us to. Lord, as we look at Joshua this morning, speak into our lives. Help us to grow as we learn from him. And so to that end, I ask for your blessing upon this time, and I do so in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. All right. So we've established that we are commissioned then to God's mission. And that we should buy into His call with energizing faith. That we should not be paralyzed by fear. And this morning, we're going to see that as we engage with God in the mission, in His mission for us, that He resources us to accomplish that part of the mission that He is calling you and I to today. That He is not sending us into this gunfight with a knife, but rather that He is equipping us, He's empowering us, To be able to accomplish the mission that he is calling us to. And so, in that, then, we need to recognize that as he gives us this mission, he is now enabling us to accomplish this mission so that we can be successful in this mission. In that respect, then, you and I are armed and dangerous for the call of Christ on on our lives. For the mission that he has commissioned us to. We are forces to be reckoned with as we go out and prevail against the gates of hell in the world around us this morning. Now, what does that look like? How does that actually play out? What can we understand from that? So if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9, and we're going to see that God speaks into our lives in some very specific ways here as to how we are equipped, how we are armed, and how we are dangerous in the accomplishment of the mission that he's given us. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful not to... Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. As we look at these verses, we find five ways that God equips us for the mission that he has called us to today. Five ways, then, that we are armed and dangerous to advance the cause of Christ in the world around us today. So, number one. First, we find that we are armed with God's plan. Let's look again at verses 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, To the Israelites. The land that He is about to give to the Israelites. Now, in our last couple of series that we've done here at the church, we've seen very clearly the fact that God has a plan. In our Christmas series, Anticipation, Bruce led us off into that, looking at the fact that God has had a plan from the beginning of time, even before the beginning of time and that he has been working that plan out painstakingly down through time in such a way as that you and I can first of all find him, but then also respond to him, reach out to him and engage with him in relationship, and then also be deputized to that plan and be part of that plan. We saw it again in our Fixer Upper series. That God has a plan, and He is working it out. So, this morning we need to understand that there is never a time, never a time, that we will find God without a plan. He is always God a plan, and He is always working out that plan. And that plan includes you and me, not just Joshua. Psalm 32, verse 8 says, I will instruct you, says God, and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. So as we read this account of Joshua this morning, we can't detach ourselves from that and understand that that was just for him. We need to understand this morning that God is looking at you and I, and he's saying, I will counsel you, and lead you in the way that you are supposed to go towards the mission that I've given you according to the specifics that I have planned for you. In other words then, you and I do not need to dream up a plan for our lives. I hear this so often that I just have to understand this plan, what I'm going to do in my life, how am I going to pursue, what am I going to do with this, what am I going to do with that, Yadada yada, As if we've got to somehow dream this up on our own. When God is coming along and he's saying, hey, listen, no, no, no. Don't sweat that. Don't spend time trying to build your own plan and idea. You're, set your own agenda. I've got that ready. I've got that in mind already. Lean into me and I will speak into your life lead you and guide you, counsel you in that. So that's the first thing that we need to understand. We need to lean into God's plan today because we're armed with it. And when I say that we're armed with God's plan, I don't just mean that he's got a plan. I also mean that we can rely on his plan. And when I say that we can rely on His plan, what I'm saying, bottom line, is that as we engage with God in His plan, we will be successful because God's plan is always successful. Isaiah 46, verse 9b-10 to says, I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. This morning, you and I are armed with God's plan, and his plan will be successful. And so therefore, we will be successful to the extent then that we join God in His plan for you and I today. We're armed and dangerous. Your plan and mine are not guaranteed with success. But as we join God in His plan, then we are assured of success. Now, let's carry on. Let's look now at, Verses 3 and 4. There it says, I will give you every place where, where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Number two this morning. Here we discover that we are also armed with God's power promises today. Genesis 12, 4-7 talked about God giving this promise to Joshua and Moses' descendants, or sorry, ancestors. Way back to Abraham and then Jacob and then Isaac through Joshua and on to Moses and then to Joshua Now sorry, Joseph, and then on to um, Moses, and then on to Joshua. Now, there it says, so Abram, that is Abraham, went as the Lord had told him. So the Lord came to Abraham and said, hey, listen, Abraham, pack up your family. I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to give you, and it's going to be for your descendants, and they're going to be as numerous as the sand of the sea, sand of the earth. And so, Abraham went, as the Lord told him. He, in faith, stepped out with God, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarah, Sarai, who turns to Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the positions they had and had accumulated, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. God made the promise to Abraham. And then he reaffirmed it down through time Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph, then to Moses, and now Joshua is about to see it fulfilled. When God makes us a promise, he keeps his promises. And so they are tools in our belt. They're weapons at our disposal. They're things that we can count on and rely on to help us in the mission that he gives you and I today. And of course, you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, well, God didn't give me any land. He didn't promise me any promised land. Now, that's true. This was a specific promise to the children of Israel. But God has given us promises today. And we can rely on them every bit as much as the children of Israel could then. Look at we're not going to take the time to, to read through all of these things, but for your reference, Isaiah 26, verse 3, promise us, promises us peace. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, God promises, promises us there a way, an escape from our temptation. 1 John 1, 9, to all Who repent, confess their sin. God promises forgiveness. 1 John 2, 25. God promises all his people eternal life. And you say, well, how does that help me accomplish my plan? Those things are all good, but that doesn't necessarily help me accomplish my plan. Well, they do, but let me get more specific just for the sake of time. James 1, 5. God promises us wisdom when we ask for it. And Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23, God promises us mercy and help each day. As we are called into God's mission and as we engage with Him with energizing faith, He empowers us with His promises in order to accomplish the plan, to accomplish the mission. And we need to draw on those promises today. We need to stand on them as we set out to follow God. Number three this morning. We are armed also now with God's power. Look at verse three. I will give you every place where you set your foot, God says. Verse five. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, he tells Joshua. And verse 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. You and I, this morning, are unable to accomplish God's call on us in and of ourselves. That's just a fact. We don't have the capacity to do it. So in light of that, then, God steps in and provides us his power. Sorry, Bruce. Sorry, Dave. I mean, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing here to snap, crackle, and pop. I didn't even eat Rice Krispies today. So God provides us his power. He steps into our lives and equips us and gives us his power. And even at that, even at that, as we look here at Joshua, we see that God does the heavy lifting anyway. Yeah, Joshua and the people are going to have to do some stuff. That's not to say that it's easy sledding. But God's going to give them the land. God's going to enable them Joshua in particular, such that no one will be able to stand against him. That's God's deal. He's going to show up. And as we continue to go through the story of Joshua, we see that exactly happen over and over, where God fights for his people, goes ahead of them, provides for them miraculously. Now, we talked about God's power a little bit in our The Just Do It series. The Just Do It, when we looked at Ephesians back in September and October. We talked about the power that we have available to us in our lives there. So I'm not going to go over that again. But I want to look this morning just quickly then at a different reference. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4 today. There, Paul tells us, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What God gives us and equips us with in our mission are divine gifts of power. Divine weapons, if you will to overcome and to prevail and to be successful in the mission that he calls you and I to today. What are those things? Well, just quickly this morning, he, he equips us, he empowers us with truth today. And truth is a powerful weapon. Truth is something that we have that the world doesn't have. He empowers us by the Spirit today. The Spirit of God is living in you and I as believers today in such a way to inhabit our lives and then to superintend us towards the completion, the successful accomplishment of the goals that God has given us. We're not alone. He doesn't send us by ourselves into this fight. God himself comes with us by virtue of his Spirit. He also gives us the power of prayer today. And through the power of prayer, we can accomplish much. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much, accomplish much. And so as you and I lean into the power that God has given us this morning, then we will be successful in the mission that he's calling us to. So that we can prevail and that we can be a part of the plan that God is already bringing to fruition. Number four, we are armed with God's word. Verses seven and eight say this. Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law, that is our scripture, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now in this, we need to understand something this morning. And that's the fact that God has provided us his word in order to bring about our success. But here we need to distinguish something. We need to understand that our success is measured on two levels today. First of all, there is the mission itself. But secondly, there is the way that we conduct ourselves in accomplishing the mission. So we need to understand today that God is not just interested in the successful accomplishment of His mission but also that he is very much interested in how we conduct ourselves as his people, as his forces, in accomplishing the mission, all right? So in this respect then, contrary to Machiavelli, the end does not justify the means. Which is to say that as we find God's mission for us, that we can't go in and accomplish it by whatever options or whatever um, decisions, whatever means that we think we can. that we have to still confine ourselves to operating, to living in the ways that God calls us to. So we can't take shortcuts. We can't lie, cheat, steal. We have to be above, above board. We have to operate with integrity in our call and in our mission. And that as we do that then, that we will be successful. That God will honor that. And, and go on and look at the story of Achan that just follows after this a little bit to see What happens when we don't follow God in the dictates that he has, in the directions that he has for us as to how we're to live, what we're to do? And interestingly enough, back to the fact that we are a body, that you and I affect one another, that we can't operate in independence, in isolation as part of God's people, that your decisions impact me and my decisions impact you. You need to recognize that as we don't live up to what God is calling us to, that that has a negative impact on all of us. I can't get going on that again. I will be off on a different message. But it's so important. So oftentimes, we get an idea of what the goal is, and we're off and running. We're running and gunning, doing our thing, whatever it takes to accomplish the mission. And God's saying, whoa, wait a second. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to give you the plan. But before you run off half-cocked and headed, you know, straight for the, for the goal line, here's the way that we play the game. Follow the di- directions that I've given you as to how you live and how you operate. Lastly, we are armed today with God's presence. You and I are armed with the presence of God in our lives today. Again, you and I don't walk into this battle by ourselves, but Almighty God goes with us. Verse 5b, God assures Joshua that As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The children of Israel at that time regarded Moses. They revered him. They understood. They knew that God was with Moses. And God comes along now to Joshua and says, Buddy, don't sweat it. Just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And you and I now today, we sit back and we revere Moses. And we revere Joshua. And we see them as heroes of the faith. And we see them as significant characters in the, in the scheme of God. In, in, in our lives, or the, our, in history, if you will. But in the very same way, God's coming along and he's whispering in your ear today. He's saying, buddy, don't worry. As I was with Moses, as I was with Joshua, I will be with you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm going with you into this battle, and together we're going to get it done. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever You go. I learn about this when I look at my dog. We have a dog. She's a golden retriever. Her name is Maya. She looks like a dog. But she's really a chicken. And she will be so timid. If you make a noise outside, she'll come to the door, and you'll see just the nose because the nose is ahead of her eyes. It's the only reason you see that first. And it comes out the door until you can see her eyes, and she looks around to see what is, what's going on. And if you're not there, well, then she might bark from the door, preferably behind the door. She might actually just go right back in the garage and bark. And let me tell you, that doesn't work with deer. They're not afraid. But as I go outside with Maya, and as she hears the noise and we go out to investigate, if I'm there, she is gone like a shot. She's off on the mission. The deer are now dispersing at a rapid rate. I'm so much like Maya as God calls me to the mission, I, I peek out the door and I look around and I wonder, oh, what's that noise? What, what is God calling me to in that mission? That sounds like it might be awkward. That sounds like it might be dangerous. That sounds like it might be uncomfortable. But God comes along and says, Doug, I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Let's go get him. Let's go get this done. And as I begin to understand and as I begin to see and as I begin to experience that God goes with me into some of these situations and I recognize what he brings to the table in those things, that energizes my faith. And I'm not much more ready to step into the mission that he calls me to. And here again, just in case you're sitting there saying, well, that's sweet, that's Joshua. It's not just Joshua, it's you and me too. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20 say this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. This morning, we have the opportunity to participate in communion. And here again, this comes back to reinforce everything that we've been talking about. These aren't just words on some old pages that we're reading this morning. Christ came, demonstrated himself to us, identified himself to us, and then died for us so that we could be in relationship with him so that we could then understand the difference that God has for us through Christ. So that then we could remember him and we could be inspired to the mission that now we're called to. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward this morning. The servers, I mean. As they come, This just helps us to remember all that we're armed with, all that God has done, all that he's provided for us. As we think about what Christ did for us, there's nothing that he hasn't spared in order to engage us and then to empower us to help us go out and help others to engage with him too. You don't have to be a member of First Baptist Church to participate in this. All you have to do is having come to that point in your life where you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ, where you recognize who He is and that you have signed on as a follower of Him. The other thing that's a requirement, God says, is that we would be unified as His body. That again, if there's a problem that you have with somebody else, another brother and sister in Christ, that you would get that remedied, Rectified before you participate or at least to the best of your ability that you've done everything that you can do In order to remedy that situation once you've done that then you're free to participate The servers will pass out the elements You can start and unpackage them. It takes a little little bit. They're tricky for some of these packages But please wait until everybody's been served once everyone's been served then I'll pray and then we'll partake together Father this morning again as we come to your table we thank you for the gift of your son. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. The way that you sacrificed your body, the way that you shed your blood so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. Lord, that that we could have relationship with you, that we could then also be on mission with you. So this morning as we come, Father, we stop and we remember what you've done, but we also remember, too, what you've provided us with going forward. In not having spared your Son, that you will not spare us anything either in order to accomplish your mission. So again, we remember and we thank you, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. This is representative of God's body broken for us, Christ's body. This is representative of his bloodshed for us. This he says do in remembrance of him. Thanks again for being here. Let's go be doers. Let's go get this mission done. Have a great week.